Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. Great episode coming up because Steve is back. Stephen Mullen. Formerly at Hello Steve-O on Instagram, now at the Stephen Mullen. Getting very fancy for himself. Steve has finished his uh, first year in a Trinity Access course. And uh, by all accounts, it seems to have gone exceptionally well. And God knows, Steve has now come armed with a full year of uh, studying philosophy at Trinity. And it very much drives this conversation. For me personally... This has been one of the more enjoyable conversations that I've had on the podcast because I love a good chat about the existence of God uh, and also a chat about the toxic nature of online discourse, uh, which I feel like that conversation comes up a lot, and I do apologize. However, it is an occupational hazard of uh, the stand-up comedy slash content creation industry these days, and uh, so... It comes up a lot amongst comics. I do apologize for that, but I do think that it affects all areas of our lives. And uh, Steve was talking about the Premier League has started to push an anti-online abuse campaign. And I do think it's actually going to become a bigger issue uh, than just a cancel culture conversation. Because even though we do talk a little bit about cancel culture, it's, it's not really the nature of the conversation. The nature of the conversation is really the, the, the toxic atmosphere online. But the bigger part of this episode is very much about Steve being inspired by studying Nietzsche and uh, about essentially talking about what's behind all this, this crazy world, our own existence. And uh, it is very much two men in their 30s and 40s pontificating about life. But I think it's an interesting conversation. I hope you guys uh, feel the same. Trigger warning, we definitely talk about God being real or not. So if that's something that is going to be very upsetting for you, I want to give you a warning because that, that does come up. But it, not, not, in, not with any sense of authority, just we're just throwing up all the different options and what that means for people who might not believe in God. Uh, it's all just... It's all just a very, it's a very open conversation about life. So I hope you enjoy it. Steve's in good form. We're happy to have him back. Um, don't forget, patreon.com forward slash Des Bishop every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, most of the time. My Wi-Fi dropped today halfway through the episode, but I'm calling my internet provider here in Manhattan about that. Uh, maybe we can get a sponsorship deal from Spectrum. Um, and uh, Instagram at Des Bishop. Uh, I'm at the Comedy Cellar live pretty much every night. I'm at the Comedy Cellar every single night this week uh, from Friday to Thursday. Uh, so if you're looking to see me, do check that out if you're in New York. If you're in Ireland, 
I'm waiting to find out if I can add some autumn dates. I'm going to put up a, I, I mentioned at the end of the podcast, but I'm hoping to put up some autumn dates. Uh, not Mia Mama. Mia Mama is definitely going to be 2022, but I'm hoping to put up some uh, kind of Des Bishop unmasked, kind of a post-pandemic show. But again, I'll keep you posted on that. And uh, any updates will come at the end of the episode. Please enjoy the episode. It's me and Steve talking about the meaning of life. Look at you. I know, man. It's Jesus uh, Christ. I know. It's definitely <laughs> been too long for you it to ha- be... Yeah, yeah. The beard is... Lo- the thing is, I have obviously known that my beard is growing long, but I haven't really been interacting with people outside of my house that much. So now I posted a photo on Instagram today and everyone's going, Jesus Christ. My mate from Limerick, Limerick shout out to Mark Hedman, is like, Jesus Christ, will you have a shave? <laughs> oh my God, Steve, I can't believe... We, we leave you alone for a couple of months and you come back like... <laughs> now I'm sure you're not getting back into comedy, man. <laughs> No, it's co- I'm my my um appointment for my hair is booked tomorrow week. I'm excited about that. I'm going short and the beard is coming off. Cuz you know the hair the, the long hair I'm 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 completely fine with. It's the um the beards. It, first of all, it's very dark. I mean, you haven't you have a very hint dark. of gray in there. There is. It's just you can't yeah. I have yeah, a couple but of grays. It's very dark. It's almost your 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 beard is so dark it looks kind of fake. It looks dark. It looks like, 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 like if you walk into a supermarket, I'd be like, "What spy organization is this guy from?" Because you, you, you really do look like you're, um, you're in disguise. Yes, it does. I just need the funny nose and the glasses. Yeah, I mean, people can uh, check out Steve's Instagram. Sorry for starting off with such such visual humor, but uh, you uh, you you definitely you definitely look different. It's hard for me to concentrate, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's not that it's coming out. Yeah, no, it is. It's quite long, and I can hey. see the season change in in your lighting. Like you're 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 just you're more well lit. Yes, the um, I do. I haven't invested. I did see a ring light the other day, and I thought about it. But no, but I feel I like to. nature. Nature has given you a ring light. You have a yes. Just the room is brighter. The dark. Oh no, we when got the light- through. We got through the dark winter of the pandemic, Steve. Yeah, bro. Without yeah, without each long. other, though. Without each other. I know. When's the last time that I was trying to figure out? We definitely talked after Christmas. We did talk after Christmas, but then you got you got really deep into the into the college work. And yeah, you it just was, it was busy, you just man. were no longer able to commit to the podcast. It was crazy. I was and I was also or we had a, I think one of the last times we talked was I had a lot of presentations on, but I was also the organizer of some of these presentations. So it was a it was a nightmare my end organization. My, 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 my two co-hosts have had very different experiences. One uh, was too busy and has now uh done their presentations the other has sold out six vicar streets in the meantime <laughs> i think it's seven now isn't it oh is it seven yeah i think yeah. so yeah <laughs> whatever meanwhile who, meanwhile who we're McNally? meanwhile we're still stuck in the pandemic man hustling yeah. out with the content yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah. great so uh so how, how have you been let's let's just uh, let's just start with that well, yeah, it's uh, it's it's how, how have I been? I've I've just fin I finished exams last week, um, so that was a a real anticlimax because like a massive sense of achievement, but an even bigger sense of what the fuck am I going to do now? Yeah, congratulations! <laughs> now you're, you're going into first year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So well, it's uh, great to have that focus, though. You know? Oh, bro. Yeah. Like it's, it's done amazing. Th- like I think for anyone out there who's thinking of doing it, I mean, it's done huge things for my confidence. I didn't realize how unconfident, is that a word? But how confident I was not in myself 
Uh, unconfident then, is a word. Yeah. Uh, in how unconfident unconf- I was in myself. And then it was like, the year, I really enjoyed the education. Yes, I definitely became a bit of a nerd. Uh, but I've loved it, man. And um, it's been, honestly, it's one of the best things I've ever done. I'm really happy I'd, I, I've done it, you know. Oh, that's great. And mm. what do you think? What do you think is 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 giving you the confidence? Was it is it was it particular to education, or was it just that you were doing something, sense of achievement? Which 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 do you think I, I was think the overall? All, all of those things, like even like I was so intimidated, bro. But like, I see, uh, people wouldn't think this of me because I know a lot of people have assumed I've gone to university and all that. But I've had a chip on my shoulder for a long time. I think of myself as a as a dropout, you know, and. Uh, and so the, what gave me confidence was even stuff like writing an assignment and getting a, a, a great mark and going, oh, you can do this. And they're like, yeah, and this is what they do in college. You know, you can do it. You can learn it. And I got better and better at assignments in particular as the year got on. And then even something like I had an idea and sent it to uh, this guy in the Irish Times and the Irish Times publishes it. And I'm like, holy shit, balls. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I didn't. I wouldn't have had the confidence to even send that to them. Which is um, hilarious because... You've been doing stand-up the entire time, which is actually more difficult than both of those things. I know, bro. And it's like, you don't, you, you, you don't, con- that's what confidence is. It's like, it's not logical sometimes, is it? You know, you don't really, uh, but it, it definitely, and it's given me, a con- even when I go back to, or if, whatever, when stand-up comes back, it's a completely different approach now because my mind has other levels of working now. It's, it's kind well, of Well, it's cool. interesting because you'll, you'll have a, you'd be curious to see how this increased self-belief this this awareness of which which was obviously apparent to everybody else now that mm. you have it within yourself what will this do to your comedy and 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 what's really interesting is i was worried that that you were gonna fade from comedy because you seem so focused on the education and i i had a sense of maybe you drifting away from the 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 unsure the unsure life of stand-up comedy but maybe now that you've finished it and you've got this new confidence you're going to come back with a with a vengeance I think it comes back like I, like there's no plan, but I think it, it possibly comes back differently. I think even the confidence thing I've had, like holy shit, how could I possibly do Trinity and do comedy at the same time, for example? And I've had plenty of cool people in my life, like our amazing agents as well, kind of going, "Yeah, of course you can do that. Don't worry of about it." You can they're, do that. They're all like, it's "That's how fine. I started. I started my career when I was in college." Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, just. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm actually enjoying, um, well, I haven't been very good at it, but I tried to do nothing for a week, and that was the most depressing week of my <laughs> life. <laughs> Everybody's going, you just need to do nothing, learn yeah, to you do, do nothing. Yeah, you do, you need to do and nothing, like, Steve. Yeah, yeah, and I was just like, I was, come, I was, I booked an early appointment with my with my therapist, and I'm like, fuck this, doing nothing. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I mean, learning. I'm sure the therapist tried to get into that with you. Yeah, well, like, why do why do you want to? Uh, like, where does your self self worth come from, and all that blah blah? Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it's interesting because now you can up your level of a dropout because you know Bill Gates, all these all these very wealthy people, they dropped out of college. So what I'm hoping for you is that your comedy career takes off so much in the next two years that you drop out of Trinity, so that you can sort of like <laughs> yeah. you can just have a higher you, you can maintain your identity as a dropout, which is served yes. you so well. But now you can be I dropped out of Trinity rather yeah, yeah, than. Yeah. I never got my leaving cert. Yeah, yeah. I you know, it just sounds. Cert. It's it's just, it's just, it's a higher level of uh, yeah. of, of dropout. You know, dropping yeah, out of yeah. college is cool. Dropping out of you know, dropping out of secondary school. It's not that it's not cool, but it just suggests a higher level of suffering in your life. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I so I look forward to you being a college dropout. And I only say that because I want you to have to drop out because your comedy career has taken off so much that you don't have time to worry about time for fucking yeah, sociology. Yeah. And it, you, know, you don't have time to depress uh, normal-aged undergrads who have no motivation whatsoever, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm going I'm to try fit in like... But that that's that's where my head is at recently. The last uh, uh, the philosophy assignment I had to do, uh, I wrote on Nietzsche and his famous parable of the madman and God is dead. And I'm so I'm I'm studying this and I'm I'm writing it out and kind of saying you know explaining what it means etc. But also simultaneously going, how can I put this into routine? <laughs> yes. Well, I think I think I think you get a lot of kudos when you bring up Nietzsche in a routine. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah straight already, away. Yeah. Straight yeah. away, people are like, oh, this guy, oh. <laughs> this guy knows what he's talking about. Because honestly, if you're bringing up Nietzsche in a routine, there's only two things that you are. One, a student of philosophy, or two, a fucking obnoxious asshole trying to show off at a party. Those yes. are the two people who bring up Nietzsche. So uh, you, have, you have a reason to bring it up. You're studying philosophy. Yeah. It's, uh, do you know what's crazy as well? It's how the relation, the, I mean, this, I didn't even plan on saying this, but the relationship with my father has actually, uh, we've become a lot closer on a different level. Um, because, because I didn't, well, I didn't realize how much of it, like, I did realize, but I didn't real understand on a deeper level how much of an intellectual my father is. And uh, he, like, he read a lot of my assignments, for example. He read all of my assignments, actually, all year. And he might do a proofread or whatever like that. But, man, we were on the phone for an hour about God is Dead. And for those of you who don't know, my father um, was a, a an evangelical Christian preacher. And now, he, you know, he works, he has a, a community cafe in Dublin 7 here. But, like, we we're on the, on the phone for an hour conversing about God. Do you know what I mean? And this whole belief of God and all that. And, like, we just didn't have that before. It was just a barrier and nearly because i was the the rebel kid who wouldn't do what he would say and he was the preacher (laughs) um but like we're really having it out about what god is dead means you know it was was great oh that's cool now i i know nothing about god is dead do you want to do you want to give us a quick synopsis yeah well it's it's basically uh, at the time that nietzsche wrote this so nietzsche was famously an atheist also the son of a preacher man actually his father is that right yeah you have that in common with nietzsche yeah yeah which doesn't surprise me that nietzsche brought you and your father together (laughs) what a great story (laughs) i'll have to say that to him yeah (laughs) but nietzsche was yeah he was the son of a, a lutheran um priest and i think he was in in training to go and become a priest himself but his father died when nietzsche was very young and um he became like really angry about it and then he eventually came to a point where theologically he just could not believe in god he's like there's no way i can believe in god and he kind of dedicated his philosophical writings to um well no that's that's not some of his philosophical writings were were his most famous stuff is about the fact that there is no god you know and lots of atheists like to quote Nietzsche but what we studied was the parable of the madman which is this parable of this madman who comes into the market in the morning in the bright early morning light and he's got this lamp and he's looking around the place frantically going I'm looking for God where's God where is he and everybody all the atheists of that time are looking at him and laughing and they start taking the piss out of him and they're like oh maybe he's hiding or or maybe he's scared or maybe he you know they start taking the mickey out of him and then he goes Oh shit! I've I've come too soon. He was like, "Wow, um, who who are we?" So 
sorry, he says, God is dead and you killed him. We killed him. And who who gave us the sponge to soak up the sea? Who gave us the brush to be able to wipe away the horizon? Who gave us... And he's basically saying, if this whole idea of God is actually dead, then what is the point? Well, then what else is there? Because if you're killing off the idea of God, well, you better bloody have something better lined up, he's saying to the atheist. And, and Nietzsche was like, he, he, he was one of the most famous critics of Christianity. But man, does he go to town on atheists. Right. Because he... Because he's like, you fucking idiots, you have no idea what this means. You have no idea what to, to take away a belief in God means. You won't know, he says, you won't know you're up from your down. You won't know you're left from your right. Everything that you are comes from a belief in God. And that, so that was his, his argument, basically. So basically, he was, he was suggesting that regardless of it being fake or real, society requires this thing yes. to believe in. Well, he—I mean—he specifically attacked, and he—and he calls them uh, English idiots. I think it was, or English something. He was specifically hitting English philosophers at that time who were atheists. But he's saying, yeah, but all the literature that you produce, all the art that you produce, is all uh, inspired by this idea of there being a God. If you oh, the, want the divine, to, if, right? if the divine, if you want there to be no God, you'd have no right to take anything from what Christianity has built. I thought that was like. For me, I thought it was brilliant because, I mean, Nietzsche, in the end, he, he went mad and he died, I think it's at 60, but he wouldn't believe in God, yet he understood the darkness of what that meant, essentially, to him. Now, he did come up with his own theory as to how he would live his life in the end, which was his theory of amor fati, which is a love of fate. And he, he came, I can't remember the, oh, he came up with his theory of the eternal recurrence of the same, which was... If a demon came to you in your lowest low and your loneliest point in your life and he said to you, um, you know, you're going to live your life over and over and over and over again with all the same highs, with all the same lows. Um, he says your reaction to that, to being told that will give you um, it gives you your meaning in life. So you're either going to turn around and gnash your teeth and be like, fuck this, this is hell. Or you're going to turn around and go, you know what, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. I'm delighted by that. Um, and that's what he decided to do. He just decided that that was the point of his life. Um, right. And then he he actually responds to the demon. This is how I ended my my assignment. He responds to the demon by saying, "My God, you are you are actually a divine God, and thank you for telling me this." To which I left at the end, which leaves open the question: the idea of God is he for or against it? You know. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it it is interesting. I mean, uh, so so Nietzsche despite not really believing in God, believed in the necessity of a, of, of a divine. Is that, is that, is that, because I, I haven't studied Nietzsche at all. I think like, again, I've only studied this particular aspect of, of his studies, but I think what he's saying is like, it's around the age of the enlightenment and he's angry about the arrogance. I mean, you look at the, we studied the French revolution as well. And like, at the worst point of the, the most violent phase of the French revolution, they were actually talking about starting their own church. That was, there was no God, their own calendar, their own, like, everything. And that period lasted eight months when they said, okay, stop, everybody stop. Because they were chopping everybody's heads off, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they were going, if you, and, and, and if anyone who's against these ideas, we're chopping your head off. Which is very like cancel culture days, I have to say. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> the left going, if you don't stick with our rules, we're chopping your fucking head off. Yeah. I mean, metaphorically, now it just happens on Twitter. But <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say, I wonder what Nietzsche would think of... Uh... Of the well, I mean, I had this conversation <laughs> with one of my cousins. Like the the I like the the 
the poster of the French Revolution was a liberty, equality, and fraternity. Everybody quotes that. That's what the revolution was about. But they're also forgetting the last two words, which was liberty, equality, um, fraternity, or death. That was the original. So you yeah. basically follow the rules or we're going to chop your fucking head off. Now, in modern times, they just go, let's not put that down because that was a bad period of the revolution. But, <laughs> but that was the original that's the thought. absolutism of it. But that, that, Exactly. That, it's always the yeah. problem, isn't it? And it's often yeah. the problem with revolutionary idealism, whether it mm. be violent or ideological. Yes, is, uh, yes. The, the, the extremism can take over. The absolutism of it can take over. But this isn't about cancel culture. This is about basically every camp in, in, yes. in modern discourse is, is very absolutist, my way or, or no way at all. Yes, yeah. It's. I mean, for me, it's been it's it's fascinating. So if we talked uh, previously about the famine, you know, and you know how the nuances of that and how that wasn't black or white, but in modern day society, it very much is suits you to take a certain. Well, it's funny because I just was joke. I was just joking about that on Dale Cronin's podcast. My right. former part, my, one of my colleagues in Dancing with the Stars, right? Former boy band star. But uh, he was asking me a little bit about cancel culture and. I, I was basically saying that, uh, you know, the, the, the sane place to be is, is, is in a nuanced world where, you know, nothing is black and white and we can all we can hash everything out and try to, you know, try to try to make sense and understand our, our disagreements. And even if we disagree, even if we agree to disagree that, you know, we can live in that place where we, we, we leave open a space to grow together and understand together. Uh, but I, I said, uh but basically, in modern day, nuance can suck my dick. Nobody cares about nuance, which is why no. guys like me and you are fading <laughs> away into obscurity, Steve. Because yeah, yeah. we're we're moderates, you know. Yeah. And it's yeah, hard to be passionate about our, our our moderate views. I mean, sure, I've had some some impassioned rants about Donald Trump, but really, my rants come from the the, the dissatisfaction of the move away from the center. That's a good show, though. What, what aggressively think? moderate? Yeah, something like that. You yeah. know, it's kind of like... Uh, uh, Toxic I mean, masculinity for moderation. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's a great show. Using it's... my toxic masculinity for good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Definitely, man. There's like somebody. Uh, there's a few people have been saying, you see all the old school rock and rollers are kind of saying like that. Nowadays, rock and roll is being center because everybody, it's just boring. Everybody's left or right. So it's like, ah, it's rock and roll to be moderate these days. <laughs> you know now, I'm mean? telling you, man, I think we're the goddamn revolutionaries having fucking, <laughs> you know, having nuanced point of views. What's interesting, I was thinking about this this morning, was like the, er- I can't remember if it was John Stuart Mill or John Locke, but some of the early uh philosophers who came up with our modern day uh democracy and they came up with uh what it was to be a libertarian they argue like for um for the minority not just in today's culture we think of minorities as a very specific thing but they t- they were talking about minority points of view and they said like if you cannot, it's the most important thing in the world, if you cannot stand up to have a conversation with somebody who completely opposes your point of view, if you cannot do that, then what you stand for is nothing. 
because you have to be able to go into these robust conversations and be able to defend and to argue it out because you if you if you're not able to do that well you haven't thought it through enough so this so i again we you know i'm using, we're using all these cancel culture all this terminology but something like being triggered if you're triggered then you haven't thought through enough you don't believe enough in what it is that that you believe in you haven't thought it through enough you know um, yeah and there's 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 so like a good example and i'm not i'm not taking a position here okay but there's a very good example happening right now online where people have their opinions on the conflict uh, that's going on in Israel-Palestine, yes. right? And I, I'm not discussing it politically whatsoever. However, there is, a, there is a, an epidemic of simplistic point of views that are flowing around the internet. Mm-hmm. And it feels to me like you have to accept the one, and that is the one that you live and die by. And I, it just that type of conversation, which is basically, unless you agree with me, you are a horrible person. Yes. is not healthy. Nope. Moving forward, you know. Nope. We see it in the north, and and these are extreme examples because these are things that really matter. This is genuine life and death. Bombs are flying in both yes. directions. People are dying, and there's it, it's it's very tragic. But the point is that this this level of trying to simplify everything into this is the position, agree or disagree, is it's not a healthy conversation. No, and it's and I think what what the modern day internet generation, particularly Twitter, <laughs> um what what they're not what they're failing to realize is the connection. And if you like and that's the great thing that philosophy has given me this year, is if you look at these points of view, you see how they fabric how they create society how they construct society so if you have an attitude about um i'm a lefty people are just having this relationship on their phone you know they don't see how damaging that discourse is and how that how that builds and creates society and they i mean it's really preposterous to be honest with you but never i don't know if there's ever been more of a, a split in western society and that people can't see that you're creating more and more of a split because we can't talk to each other more and more and more, and it's just causing more and more conflict. Well, See, all, real, all these there's real there's real examples. I mean, I saw I saw young vaccination. Guy, saw, vaccination is the best example. Yes. Uh, yeah. Now, of course, this would, I guess, naturally come from what would, I guess, these days be considered the other side of the group that we were just talking about. But I read mm-hmm. a great article in the New York Times t- this morning. I think it was the Times about. A former anti-vaxxer who is now pro-vax and has lost all her friends. She had, you know, developed a big online community of people who were supportive of her uh, vaccine hesitancy views, and now uh, they've all completely abandoned her. Uh, but, but on the flip side, when she originally expressed her anti-vax views, she she talked about the anxiety that was created for her from the abuse she got from from pro-vaxxers. Right. And the point is that there is absolutely no gray area with this discussion, which, I mean, for me, I have to say, it's, 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 it's hard to argue about the anti-vaxxers. But the point is that this level of division has now created a genuine, uh, a large cohort of hesitant people. And now there's, we're going to have a problem long term with herd immunity because of it. Yeah. And we have to, you know... I think you've got to be able to be open about the fact that you disagree about these things, but then you've got to be open to be challenged on that. And you've got to be, it's okay to be challenged and it's okay for us to challenge each other. Not, 
you fucking idiot, you're a moron. Blah, you're, a shill. Blah, blah. you're a shill for the pharmaceutical <laughs> company. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... But even, you... even the Provax people, of which I am one, even the Provax people who then go online and, and, and rant and rave with this negative language, it's just so unhealthy. Mm. It's, it's, it's insanely unhealthy. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I just, you know, I, I mean, I guess we haven't talked in a while, so this, is, this has been building up, but... Yeah. <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> I, I, I wonder what the end game is for this, this level of division in society. What, yeah, what, if, what is the end game? What would Nietzsche meant, say? That's what I always ask myself. You don't want to hear what he said. Fuck that. <laughs> what would Nietzsche it's say? It's pretty bleak. It's pretty, pretty bleak, I think, if he went all the way with it. I think there's... there's um, I, I've been watching lots of interesting conversations on, on the internet. And, you know, like, uh, the UK is a fantastic example of... I don't know if you saw the uh, elections, the local elections, that, and they, they lost another seat in, in Hartley. But Labour? Labour, Labour yeah. lost another seat. And it's just like it's getting worse and worse to the point that they're even questioning the existence of Labour anymore. So, like, it's crazy how... What a hammering they've taken. And there's, there's, there's a couple of... Like, people are honestly asking, will Labour ever win an election again? Like, it's really bad. Um, and there's the argument there that Labour needs to split and the left of Labour needs to go and do their, you know, really left kind of touching on Marxism, all that kind of stuff. They need to go over there and we need to create another party. But the only way it's going to get better is, and it's funny enough, of all people that said it uh, yesterday was Tony Blair. He's like, you just got to go more. Everybody has to become more centrist. That's it. You know, I know, um, but they vilified him because he's made a tragic mistake of he did the iraq the yeah, war in iraq and and now he has to live and die by that mistake he, he did know? he did he did make a great point about that because they did question him on that he's like people are you to blame for labor uh labor's results because of the war in iraq and all that and he responded he's like everybody in parliament voted for it so <laughs> so it's like okay you know it's like it wasn't just labor everybody was on board with that everybody i got we got it wrong but everybody signed up to that um so Anyway, I don't know. That's that's another that's it's, another debate. You know, this is so Nietzsche of you to leave all our listeners completely depressed. <laughs> twenty five minutes, twenty five minutes into the podcast, <laughs> I've never been more despondent in all my life. No, so well, sorry. I I think it's a. Uh, I no. Honestly, you want to know the I truth? Think it's positive. It gives me yeah. great anxiety, like like right, genuine yeah. anxiety to the point where, like. I should, if I was talking to a therapist right now, which I haven't been talking to a therapist since the summer, but if I was talking to a therapist right now, I would actually, I would say that I have a, a genuine problem with the level of anxiety that uh, any interaction on the internet is bringing me these days because the, the, the fear of, upon which just any point of view may bring, like, for example, I put up... So I have all this new material that I'm doing in the, you know, t- since we came back after the pandemic, I have what I can certainly what, what very strong reactions from the audience, like very positive, like funny, big laughs, big energy around material I'm doing. First, I, I go after the sort of the people that loved pointing out anybody's mistakes about COVID. You know, I call them the COVID police, but you know, I guess there would be a, you know, like Maybe a Fox News watcher would appreciate that material, but I think everybody appreciates it because, as you and I know, we I was very pro-mask. I really followed the rules, but at the same time, I witnessed these people who are really just getting a kick out of pointing out everybody that did anything wrong and, you know, like calling people out for having their mask down when they're outside. So I've got some good 
routines about that, but then I also have some very strong routines about the hoax people, the anti-maskers, and I rip on them. But I took a clip and I put it up on Instagram, me going after the anti-maskers, and after a day and a half, I took it down because the vitriol that was coming back from the anti-mask side, yeah, it was so strong. It, it was giving me so much stress. Now, I, I ignored the comments largely, but at the same time, I started to see, you know, when, when the paragraphs start, you know you're in trouble, you know? <laughs> yeah. When the, yeah. When the, and, 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 and the reason why I took it down is because I just didn't want that type of energy on my page because I knew that even though it's just a point of view, and it, not to mention it's also a joke, uh, which actually if you watch the whole routine has a little bit more balance on it, but because I only put up one side of that joke, it, 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 it's just a point of view and a joke about people that thought that COVID was a hoax. But the problem is that because people because people's identity and their sense of self-worth is so tied into what they believe in these days, these people take it incredibly personally. Therefore, the responses that come back are deeply personal, you know, yes. and hurtful. And yeah. the response doesn't add up to the stimulus because the stimulus is just a joke, right? So uh, it, I took it down because I couldn't, I literally couldn't handle the the, the stress and the anxiety related to it. And, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's kind of got me thinking that like, a am I capable of dealing with the internet discourse? There's a, I watched a great conversation with regards to the future of comedy, certainly in the UK, with um, Jeff Norcutt. Uh, he was being interviewed and he was really smart. He was a real lefty Labour voter all his life and he's written a book called why he's why he's turned why he's changed to the right. Um now he now he votes Tory. <laughs> um but um I thought what is interesting, he talked about comedy and, for example, what the BBC are commissioning in the UK and they pulled like the MASH report, which was quite a lefty comedy show. But the problem, the government are kind of going, look, there's too much lefty stuff on the TV. It just needs to be more more balanced. And he was really interestingly kind of going, we have to get to a space, but certainly in comedy, like, do you know many right wing comedians? I don't, <laughs> you know, that you have to get to a space in comedy where we're kind of doing what we talk about what we're talking about what we want to talk about politically and not and being fearless about it and kind of having to go i don't give a fuck what anybody in the internet says um like i'm joking about this i'm gonna take the piss out of this side, i'm gonna take the piss out of that side because there's definitely a vibe in comedy and it's this kind of like subtle bullying culture that if you're not within a certain circle or you're not tweeting certain things or you're not signing up to certain things, that means you're X, Y, and Z. And that's, that's I, I mean, I can only speak for comedy, but I think I'm hearing it's a thing in the arts in general that all the arts are lefty-lefty and, that, and that's not healthy. We're, we're all in our own bubbles. So I understand what you're saying about the anxiety with... with um, people get you know getting into confrontation with that but i think our role as comedians is to take the piss out of every everything and just to kind of stick two fingers up and go like, if you don't like it go fuck go fuck yourself i know, you know it's tough what i'm saying to the is it's, it's 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 tough you know because you just i know the, bro yeah it, it can be yeah. so I, I mean sorry i this is when i say it's tough i'm just talking about my own anxiety i'm not suggesting that in any way shape or form there's like real suffering going on here no, but um, I, I think it's, I mean, I've experienced like some abuse online. It's not nice. No. It's not, it's not like, so everyone I, thinks, you know, oh, so get over yourself. It's a message. But somebody says something personal. Somebody mentioned my daughter in, in an insult there recently and I hit the fucking roof. But, but people but don't really. it gets re very personal. That's the whole point. Yeah. Problem. It gets very personal. Yeah. And it we're really just comedians. Does. Yeah, I know. And, 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 and obviously 
the it's a joke defense doesn't always fly, obviously. Mm. But there, there, there has to be, you know, if, if something is not overtly offensive and problematic, there has to be like a slightly different parameter for somebody joking around. But in, in relation to my anti-mask joke, it's just masks shouldn't have been so divisive. And, you know, making a joke about sort of, you know, the guys I grew up with being like anti-mask kind of Fox News guys, uh, you know, it it shouldn't it shouldn't raise the level of vitriol that it raises that that that's yeah. that's that's all i'm saying and this that, that's very much not a left or right thing because I, I i'm still like a i'm still a a lefty you know i'm still a fucking i'm still a relic fighting for people who don't want me to fight for them anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh but uh anyway i you know it's 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 it, it, i this all comes back to you talking about Nietzsche and, Nietzsche. and, and, Sorry, and the guys. absence of God. I mean, really, maybe this is all due to the fact that the, the the presence of God is under threat and people are fighting it in many different ways. This is what happens in a godless society. <laughs> I think, like, I, I, well, because, I mean, I'm bringing it back to God again, but I, you obviously know George Barclay, the, the great Irish philosopher, and he like was you say, um, like I obviously know George, but I've never heard of him, Steve. Really? There's like <laughs> no, but there's towns and there's towns in the U.S. that are like named after him. Berkeley know, University in California. Now, now you're now you're trying to make me feel. Uh, no, I'm not trying to do inaccurate. anything. Dave. You've obviously I heard of George Barkley, the great Irish philosopher. Wow, one 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 fucking year in a in an access program, and you're fucking <laughs> that snobby. Anyway, Unbelievable. He, he, he no, it's not snobby, but he and 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 like. I, I th- so there's obviously every like people know about the whole Descartes I think therefore I am was his famous quote so this is a, a metaphysical problem is there is the world made up of material things or is it all in our minds blah 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 and Descartes believed well there is material things in the world and there's all the things that go on in our mind and they're both real then you have materialists out there in the world who believe everything is material everything in the world is made material right and but Barclay was brilliant because he posed the problem of like he was like no everything is in our minds. Everything's just an idea. And you're like, fuck off. Don't be absolutely ridiculous. But then when he breaks it down, he you kind of go, oh shit, yeah, he, he he's not wrong, is he? He's kind of, where do we get our information from? From our senses, from our sight, from our touch, from our hearing, from all, all that kind of stuff. Um, but we, we know that we can't trust our senses because what you taste in a coffee and what I taste in a coffee are two completely different things. So there's always perception involved. Therefore, all the information that we come in, nothing exists unless it's perceived as his thing. And so you're kind of going, shit. For me personally, I can't get past that problem. And uh, and then, But then he makes the argument, well, we know all these ideas are put in order because there's one ultimate perceiver. It's God. You know, so that's his argument, and he was a. So he old. simplifies it by by putting making God the 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 ultimate perceiver. He put it a lot more eloquently than I did, Des. Which is like I, no, but that's very interesting because it is that great battle between sort of God's will and self will, and sort of self will being riddled with this you know sense of the the untrustworthiness of our senses, the yes. the, the the conditioning of our mind. This, yes. I guess, in a way, almost toxic place of yes. our own perception. 100%. Versus the versus the the pure uh, you know uh, refreshing truth of God. Yes. I mean, it, it 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 it's a very enticing proposition. Well, that's the thing because like it draw like this year where you read something like Nietzsche. N- Nietzsche made me believe more in the idea of a God because I'm like, well, fuck that. I'm not going with his thing. You're not going with the chaos. 
I'm not going with that. Well, I'm not going to take God away from everything. Then what have you got? I'm like, well, I believe in God now. Fuck that. Did you ever see <laughs> the movie know? Pie? Did you ever see the movie Pie? Darren Aronofsky's Pie. Uh, rings a bell. Pie. What was that? Darren it was Aronofsky. about a guy. He did. To... He did the one with uh, Mickey Rourke as well, didn't he? Yeah, the wrestler. The wrestler. Yeah, Black yeah. Swan. Right. He did Requiem Pie. for a Dream. That was the. That was yes, how I became right. aware of him. Um, well, I, you know. I, I'm just going on a on a memory of a movie. I'm I, thinking I, the life of Pi. That's different, isn't it? Yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah. 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 Pi was kind of like a psychological thriller about a, a guy that was, I think, I think essentially it was basically like that he had figured out the mathematical equation for the meaning of life. Okay. Essentially, that he had figured out the. This is my memory, and people may criticize me for. Uh, what I thought Pi was about, but my memory at the time when I watched it, which was a long time ago, was that he was basically trying to figure out the, the numbers behind the meaning of life, essentially yeah. the mathematical equation for God. And uh, my memory of the end of the film is when he figures it out, he fucking goes mad. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, bit, it's a bit like Nietzsche. It's, it's yeah. a bit like Nietzsche, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I've been thinking about it since you brought that up. Yeah, um, no, definitely. And again, we don't... Because I've always thought that God is pi. You know, the fact that we've never really... You can't get the end of pi, you know, this infinite number, yeah. and they keep 3. going 1, further. 4, yeah, they keep going. <laughs> they keep going further and further. But mathematically, there's always going to be... There's always going to be... Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Some faith. There's always going to be some sense of no matter how much we figure it out, there has to be some sort of leap of faith. We can keep going with these numbers, but we're never going to get to the end of this, this, the, 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 the never-ending paradox of the circle. You know, it's, and it's funny because like uh, Barclay at that time, so this is the 1700s, he was saying things like there's no such thing as absolute time. There's no such thing as absolute space, blah, blah, all these things. And, and, and everyone was going, you're full of shit, blah, blah, we'll, we'll prove it scientifically. And then you get Albert Einstein centuries later going, yeah, there's no such thing as absolute time. There's no such thing as absolute space. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, these things are never ending, you know, infinite black wormholes. How big is the universe? All that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, it, it weirdly does make me believe in certainly an idea of God anyway. I don't know about the religious thing that we've been taught, but the idea of a greater power, for example, going on, it's just like, I mean, that sounds a lot better to me. <laughs> Do you think sometimes that, because there's some people that are just not going to believe, right? Yeah. And they're going to look at all the, the the negatives that have come from religion and belief systems and 
an inability to to bend in relation to these belief systems. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna rebel against it, and they're gonna basically say, "What's wrong with not knowing? Okay, mm. what's wrong with just not having a complete understanding of how it all works, but also knowing that we have to interact with each other, and we've we've got some sort of consensus on morality at this stage of our evolution. So what's wrong with that, right? Would it should there be a movement of people being like? What you believe in is not important. Whether it's real or not is not important. What is important is something that we've now understand in society, which is a society with no belief, a society with no faith, is a society in chaos. So even if it's bullshit, find a fucking belief system, stick to yeah. it, and don't stick to it so much that any other belief system is considered your enemy. Yeah, I Should we just be honest? And be like, listen, yeah, yeah. we know it's bullshit, but yeah. this fucking bullshit works. Should we yeah. be saying that? There's a huge argument for that. There's also there's people in religious sectors that would say that you're missing the point with religion. That religion does say that. Like I talked to my my girlfriend about it actually. Who she's I would say she's traditionally a Catholic. She's kind of practicing, but she was brought up Catholic in Portugal. But her idea of God is completely different. And her idea of Jesus and, and Christianity is completely different to what it is that I was taught growing up and I wasn't Catholic. But even to what people in the class that I was in understood Christianity and God to be. It was all about rules and this is blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, it's, a, it's an idea. It's an idea to organize around that we look, I express my belief in a greater power through this idea of Catholicism. Um, I spoke about I spoke about this with my dad, with the Nietzsche stuff and all that. And he loved Nietzsche because he was like, yeah, because the people who got it wrong most about what Jesus meant or what God meant was the church. You know, that's like my dad. Like he'd be a bit of an outlier like that. But he's Yeah, like, but the, a lot of the evangelical Christians are like that, right? That basically yeah. they, they say that the organization of it was really the great sin. But also Jesus was saying that at the time in the Bible, and he was. That was his attack on the Pharisees because they were the church at the time. They were organizing religion at the time. And Jesus was very much coming along and saying, uh, I can't believe I'm talking about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus coming along. Jesus, you are say- turning into your dad. <laughs> you are turning into your father. But, but I do I do love it about like certain, like there's lots of atheists out there who are completely like if that's what you believe in that is great but we do have to come to a consensus as a society god or no god we're going to live according to these rules because we believe in them and these are the right reasons for for it you know and um, yeah and how I, do I, so i've always been a believer in that we need to have a, a sort of a modern consensus you know how does one go go about that i don't i don't i don't think it's possible that the we to start the, our own church here the then. current <laughs> the current environment you know cuz people uh, get very offended they're very protective over their belief system yeah uh, yeah how do and how do we grow do a beard I don't and go know. back to college we i mean we honestly does we had brilliant conversations in our philosophy class with uh, you know uh, a doctor of philosophy who's the guy who was teaching us and then we had uh, one of my colleagues who was in his 70s a marxist 
Um, you had me who was, I think I was just kind of asking questions and kind of constantly trying to find, well, hold on, that doesn't add up. If you believe that, then that doesn't believe that. We had other materialists in the class. We had other people who had experienced their parents on their deathbed who had been atheists their whole lives. And then just before they're about to go, bring me a priest, bring me a priest, you know, like, and, and so that's their man. perception of God. Just, exactly. Just the insurance, you know. Um, <laughs> but, but, but what philosophy did was brilliant. We had, we had these massive debates out all the time. And it was great. That was just like Monday mornings, cup of coffee. Okay, let's let's break now. We don't know if God's real or not, but let's uh, have a cup of coffee. You know, <laughs> um, the but more they used to say in Ireland, never talk about religion or the North at a dinner party. Or exactly. Party. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was the rule. And no, no politics if you're drinking. That was another one. You know, um, so I, it, honestly, it is it is conversation, and it's being okay with somebody that you completely disagree with, but you could still have a pint with them. I think that's really important. But the ability to still have conversation with that person so that they're not sitting angrily at home connecting to other places that are angry on the internet, and then they then they have their community of being angry, and then this belief system builds up, builds up, and it's negative, negative, negative. We got to, you know, it's, it, it is about talking and, and being able to... Have the crack, even though you hate each other or something. <laughs> not not hate each other. That even though that even though you completely fundamentally disagree with somebody else, you know. Yeah, that 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 open discourse is 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 difficult these days. It's not going to happen on the internet. People need to be, need to start with that. I think yeah, we need to get off the internet. It's not going, but well, don't get off the internet until you've liked and subscribed this <laughs> yeah. podcast. I think well, no, it's a love gotta, hate. It's a love hate, Steve. Well, you got to we've got to be mature enough to realize what the internet is. It's about output. It's about uh, it, it's not it's not it's literally not designed to have a two way conversation. That's not how it works. It's about clicks and likes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's yeah. fine. It works for what it works for. But like we got to be able to have a have a pint with our enemy as well, you know. So well, that that was good. We're going to open a we're going to, we're going to open an Irish bar on the wall between Palestine and Israel and go, lads, come on, pint, <laughs> come in, either well, side. Straight away, they're just going to be like, worry about your own fucking divided society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they, they, what about That's what about? True. They're going to what about you from the get go? Yeah. And be like, yeah. you know, like they're they're just going to immediately point out that you need to worry about your own situation at home. Um. Well, that would that would that was that was good, Steve. Yeah, that was. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. But how, you're back doing comedy, sorry. I'm intrigued to hear that because that, like, comedy still doesn't exist in my head at all, you know? So you're back doing it. Well, why do you do it, Steve? What, what a charge. <laughs> what, what a then? charge you're going to... What, what, what an incredible feeling you're going to get when you're back just what? speaking and having yeah. nobody to... Just your point of view. No, no yeah. pushback. <laughs> wait, wait, you can just do a do a thing and have people laugh or not laugh, but you don't have to worry about yeah. the comments. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to worry about people getting offended. You what just was do you, your what, show? You were first back in the cellar, were you? I've been back in the cellar. I've done a few spots in New York Comedy Club too, but yeah. And what I'm, was I'm on like the cellar tonight back? too. I mean, Whoa. I've talked about it a bit on the pod, but it has been okay. it has been great. No, 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 it's fine. It has been it's been great, you know, and uh, the the. The the thing that's been the the number the, the number one thing I needed to know was like would I would I still be sharp and that that came back pretty quick so right. there was no sense of of like losing the the skill the yeah. funny thing that I was joking about on Instagram the other day which actually I think a lot of people misunderstood <laughs> was I very quickly developed like 
a strong 15 around COVID and masks. I was talking a bit about it and about vaccines and joking about the different vaccines and just a lot of just material, very current material about what we're dealing with. Uh, and, you know, like bloggers, and, you know, just like a lot of the stuff we're talking about right now. And uh, I, 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 it got really strong reactions to the point where I now need to really like get a few of my older bits, not that old, but just bits from the last five years. I have to get them back in the rotation. And I'm right. actually procrastinating bringing them back because I like the new stuff so much, which I was joking about on Instagram. It's such a hilarious conundrum to be like, I need to do my old stuff, <laughs> you know, because like the comedians are always like, oh, I got to try this new bit. I didn't try this new bit. Whereas yeah, now yeah. my old bits feel like new bits because I haven't actually given them the time to, you know, dust them off and, you know, get the timing back on them. Is this the bits with me and mama? Uh, I did a few. I've, I've, I've incorporated a few me and mama. Oh, because I have a bit about being a boomer. Uh, no, about how I hate boomers because I can't go on TikTok without being called a boomer. Right. Uh, when I'm not a boomer, I, I I didn't buy a house in 1970 for 60 grand. I inherited one <laughs> off my dead parents. Yeah. So I I then I then throw a couple of dead mom jokes in there. But no, no, not the Mia Mama stuff. Just you know, like some of the dirty bits, like going down, you know, going down on a woman bit. Who's uh, get a lock on this? I remember. I remember. I, yeah, I all that, dude. Yeah, I had yeah. to fucking find a video. I had to find. I have the <laughs> I video. I that routine. <laughs> I had. I have a video from the night that we did the three arena. You know, for the Sean yeah. Cox uh, fundraiser, and uh, I, I. There's no audience on. There's no audience audio on it. But the bit I did the bit that night, and I had to find it. it took me ages to find it, but I found it. I had to watch it to remember the the cadence and the. Yes, beats yeah. routine and yeah. i found that like nearly two weeks ago and i still haven't been motivated enough to do it because every night i start talking a little bit about vaccines and stuff and i just every night some new bit you know there's all this new shit just keeps coming out and yeah. society is like charged up the audience are charged up and there's like an energy to it it's quite you know oh, it's like great. a strong performance and i can't stop i can't stop bloody doing it so i still haven't done the going down bit it seems so so trivial and unimportant <laughs> You know, which, and, is, which is not true because it's very important to motivate men to, to do these things. Big time. Male motivation. That's an issue, isn't it? I put on weight like uh, over the over the course of the lockdown. I was like, Jesus. Oh, I put on weight. I, my gro- I tore my groin. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, what, you, that's what it's like being engaged. Jesus. Yeah, I tore my groin playing tennis. Hey, you know, this, I was going to say playing real, tennis. Real, real life issues. You know, we're trying to sort out the world. But in reality, the things that are real issues are too much tennis. Oh yeah, yeah. It kills our football. It kills our it kills our anti-establishment identity. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> the tennis. I went for my first game of football yesterday, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm hurting today. But same, the groin is sore for some reason. Oh, be, be careful, bro! I tell you right now, man. <laughs> bloody yeah, yeah. groin strain. It's 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 one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. I've had cancer. <laughs> I've lost both my parents, but this groin strain is is horrific. Yeah. I was yeah. bullied as a teenager, but there's nothing worse than this groin strain. It's killing me. Yeah. Yeah. So. And how's Hannah doing? Oh yeah, she's fine. The, the the season is done, and uh, now we're just getting into. She's getting. She's back on stage. She's been gigging. So wow! Now it's so, comedy. It's comedy focus. Right. Okay. I'm trying to sell. I'm trying to sell her. I'm trying to sell her some of my old routines. <laughs> I'm trying to. I was like, listen, I'm the immersion gonna, routine. That'd I'm be never going to do. Yeah, I'm never going to do this routine again, Hannah. You want it? It's a good routine. <laughs> you know the immersion, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's all good, but uh, yeah, that that's really it. There's no, there's nothing else to report on the 
the what about back. Ireland? Uh, like, are you, are, you, are you ever coming back to us? No, but like, is it planned? Well, it looks like looks like we're going to delay me and Mama to 2022. But what I was saying to Christina was that I want to, I, I want to go back during the autumn, even if it's like socially distant shows. I want to go back during the autumn and just do like a new show, like Des Bishop Unmasked or something like that, which is basically just like I want to do the post COVID material. Yeah, because Mia yeah. Mama's timeless. Mia Mama's like a, a yeah. story about grief and anxiety. You know, it's 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 not like. Whereas, like, I got a lot of things to say about like what we've just been through. So yes. I'm hoping to be able to go back in the autumn and just do some like random, just like straight stand up shows. But I'm waiting to find out what we still don't know what Ireland's going to do. But the minute we know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get back. But I'm also going to do some touring with Hannah. But I do want to make sure to get back to Ireland. But also, I feel a little like disconnected from ireland in that i had a very different COVID experience we we didn't have that second depression yeah that you guys yeah. had you know yeah it's been yeah it's um especially the second one there the motivation to even to be able to do a pod like i was great that my head was in the um head was in, in in the schoolwork but even to do a podcast and stuff for that mentally it was just like really difficult it was like i had a few people asking me on podcasts and i was like i ain't got the time number one but number two i've got nothing to say because we just been i've just been here like again you know just kind of so what was it like that first you know you guys have suddenly had this liberation yeah well literally just monday gone man we it's it's um it's been you can definitely feel a change in the mood and it's amazing um yeah, there's definitely a, a change in the mood. Uh, little things like going and playing football yesterday. I got to cycle through the city centre and I hadn't been through and I don't know how long. And it was busy again. Um, and it just, it's just, yeah, it's positive, you know. Um, I actually had to go drop something over at the college there the other day. So I went past your house just to check in and it's all good. Um, you, went but, past, you were on the South Circular? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I walked, because I got off at, what is it, Rialto there on the Lewis and then walked to Crumlin from there. Ah. so uh yeah yeah so uh but um so yeah it, it, i think there's just a bit more of a positive mood i mean touch wood and all that like are the priorities in this house is like my poor partner hasn't seen her family in such a long time and it's looking i mean touch wood and all that like portugal's in a really good place at the moment so it's looking we usually go there for august um so it's looking that we touch wood we can do that possibly i don't know and um, we may or may not have our vaccines but if not her father will be able to come and visit us so it's just little things like that man i'm going to go up to visit family uh outside of the county like i haven't been outside of the county know, since last summer it's just hard for, to fathom because it's just so open i've been i've been second dose since march 19th and like oh now over God. here they're like begging people to come in for vaccines like, oh like my begging God. like they can't Completely get in because different. of the hesitancy and you know they're opening up the teenagers just to get the bloody vaccines in arms wow oh it's completely different then jesus i know when i was getting vaccinated uh somebody i follow on instagram in ireland was like talking about that you know my 85 year old grandfather just got vaccinated and all smiley and i was like jeez louise yeah I mean, like i'm already on my second dose yeah, and they're still celebrating eighty-five-year-olds getting vaccinated in Ireland. Very frustrating the timing, you know. Yeah, it's 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 been a long time, and I think especially in a sm small country as well, it's you realize how small it is when <laughs> when you've just been stuck on it for so long. And luckily, like, I think luckily it seems to be picking up, but I can't yeah. I can't imagine the frustration. Like I feel guilty actually when I talk to some of my friends, and their their frustration in Ireland. It's like. It, it's actually the first time since I moved to Ireland in 1990 that I felt like different, like I didn't get it. 
Yeah. And I, I felt I felt guilty that I didn't ha- I didn't suffer uh, along with you. Yeah, it's quite. It was quite. Um, I think it, overall, it's quite. I think people come out the other side of this, and a lot of people, myself included, will like realize how down we were. You know how kind of. Well, that's what I felt from getting on stage, and I've said it to a lot of people. It's like you don't realize till you're doing it again how great it is to be doing what you love. Yeah. You know, I a lot th- of people worked throughout the pandemic, so everyone's had different experiences. But for me, it was like, wow, thank God. Mm. But I was, I I'm not complaining. I wasn't down. I've been on the ocean the whole time. But still, you know, there's, 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 there, there was things that I realized when, when I got back on stage. Yeah. Yeah, Christina called me actually once, and she was like, uh, do you miss it? And I was like, I, re- I, I was honest with her. I said, I can't even think about it because. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know that. I kind of block it. I didn't know that I missed it until I got on stage. I'm telling you, Steve. I think I think I think you're right. Yeah, because I, I haven't missed it. But I think I've. it's like, do you know, when you've broken up with somebody and it's broken your heart, but you won't admit it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. I think you it's see them like that. And you fucking. Yeah. You, you, you like, Jesus, she's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Then you see them post on Instagram that they're going out with somebody else. Blocked. <laughs> I would consider. Uh, uh, stand-up to be like booze for me it's like i don't miss booze honestly yeah. but if i took a sip of alcohol I, I wouldn't fucking stop until the world <laughs> was over uh, you're and, in Leech's and world. that's why i'll never take a drink but thank god i was able to get back on stage because the minute i was back on stage i was like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah oh that's brilliant as aiden comes home from a from a coffee run i'll let aiden, oh, is aiden say, there is he I'll let Aiden. Aiden left eventually. He's a he. He gave up. I'll let Aiden say hello. Uh, say hello to you, and then we'll wrap it up. Aiden, come come and say hi to Steve on the podcast. He he misses you. Hey, bro. Hey, Steve. What's up, Long man? Time. How, are How are you, man? Wow, you still look like you're living in a cave, huh? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to see you, bro. Yeah, man, dude. You definitely got the whole like uh, Borat vibe going on, brother. Yes, Ashimesh. <laughs> you already do that, Des? I love we talked about his family. image at the beginning, but that's fine, Aiden. That's fine. <laughs> All right, Steve. Good to Listen, see you, man. All right, dude. Take care. Well done. Let me put uh, my earphone back in. I missed Edo. Oh yeah, he's I'm, he's glad to see you. So, uh, all right, Steve. Well, let, let's let's wrap it up. Absolutely. You, cha- you changed your Instagram because oh yeah, that's a good good moment to plug actually because I have a film coming out next month. So uh, there were there it was just better to have my real name out there really to be honest. Because I did it's an just, Insta story this morning, I had to redo it. Like where the fuck is this guy? No, because I had to yeah. redo it because I was like uh, me and at hello Steve O, and then I was like where's hello Steve, and then it was like it's, at the at the Stephen Mullen. It's just the Stephen Mullen. It's just my name. This guy's the only way I can get Nietzsche. my name in. Hello, Steve-O. <laughs> didn't, didn't talk about Nietzsche, but at the Stephen Mullen talks about uh, Nietzsche. Um, uh, can I just plug something, actually? Because Please. somebody, uh, w- someone in my neighborhood, actually, um, sent me a message, and I, and I shared it on Instagram yesterday, but I said I'd say it on this podcast today. Um, it is for... Um, so, God bless her. Uh, Ruth Staines passed away last month from motor neuron disease, and her amazing partner, Alistair Anderson is going to leave Stony Batter on his bike uh, from uh, on Friday the 14th, and he's going to cycle all the way to Nerja in Spain, where they first met. He's going to cycle 2,750 kilometers to raise funds for the Irish Motor Neuron Disease um, Foundation. So um, I'm going to put a link again. If you check out my Instagram, I'll have a link in my stories again. And if anyone wants to donate to Alistair and support him on, along the way, Please do so. Oh, fair there play. You go. Man. That is it. That is it. 
Well, that's good. That's your the, your your good deed done for the day now, Steve. Yeah, and look, let's not all get down about. Okay, that's that's you know that's a positive thing to. And we're hoping guys. for the some good outdoor ending. comedy, Steve. We're hoping to get you on stage soon. Please God, please God, we'll see what happens. Yes, bro. Great to see you. Good, good to see you. Thanks for coming back on the pod. You're always welcome back. Now we'll, we'll have yes. a discussion about it. <laughs> Absolutely, we will. So thanks, guys. Don't forget to leave a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Take a screenshot if you listen on Spotify. Spread the word. Um, leave uh, leave comments. Tell everybody about the pod. Um, we'll be back next week. Not sure who's going to be on the pod just yet. After an incredible run of being on top of guests, I've 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 gone back into my my bad habits of not booking them. But I'm going to book them. We're going to have Nathan McIntosh on. Just have to organize a date. And uh, I'm hoping to have a few more of the New York comics on. And I get some of the Irish comics on on Zoom. And, uh, well, listen, we'll be back next week. That's the one thing I can promise. Uh, until then, have a good week. Uh, enjoy the, the spring. If, if you're in that part of the world, if you're on the other side of the world, enjoy the uh, impending winter. And uh, I hope things remain COVID-free wherever you are. And... Uh, Next week, perhaps we can talk about this confusing messaging that's coming out in the United States about masks or no masks. The gift that keeps on giving. The mask debate. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.